And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. I'm Mike Harrison, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. It's my privilege to be joining you today. What is Lifestyles Unlimited? Lifestyles Unlimited is an educational and mentoring group. We teach proper and effective means to invest in real estate and create passive income. And with that passive income, Essentially, you get to buy your life back one piece at a time. And ultimately, when that passive income meets or exceeds your monthly financial obligations, you've reached a point of financial freedom. You can choose to continue working or you can choose to do what you want, when you want, where you want, with whomever you want on your terms. Financial freedom. Real estate investing is a fundamental life change for the better. Obviously, financially, and that's not an overstatement, but mentally, right? If you're financially free, then you have that mental security, that peace of mind. And with that peace of mind, you get a mindset change. You see the world differently. You see it differently, especially as you're creating wealth. Now, I want to say this, much of what we do is counterintuitive to everything you've been taught and told your entire life. I'll give you a real easy one. Here, here it is. You get rich borrowing, not by saving. Now that's different from what most of you have been taught and told. Unless you're a real estate investor, you know that I'm correct on that. But you get rich borrowing, not by saving. That's counterintuitive. What does that involve? That involves debt. But you've been conditioned your whole life to pay off your home, to pay cash for any sort of investment. We don't adhere to that belief system. We don't pay off our property mortgages. Why? primarily for the leverage. There's a lot of other reasons, but the leverage is number one. And the spoiler alert here is that we keep leverage on every rental asset, every real estate asset that we own. Now, what makes the availability of that leverage possible? What makes the availability of the lowest possible interest rates possible? Well, it's real simple. Financial credit makes that possible. And again, there's a lot in credit that I'm telling you right now is counterintuitive. I've learned much myself, and that why that's why I invited a friend of mine to come on the show. Mike's done the show before, but it's time to review this again. Mike Doyle of Ace Credit Counseling. Mike, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you doing today? Excellent. I really appreciate you taking the time to join us today. It's been a while since uh, since we've chatted last, so I wanted to have you back on. So, Mike, as we unpeel it, why don't you provide a little bit of background about yourself? Uh, first of all, I was a banker for 28 years. I've been doing this credit restoration since 2007. I've been with Lifestyle since 2008. I love having Lifestyle members. A lot of members we just give them free consultations to uh, to show them how to improve their score on their own. About Actually, about half my calls in Lifestyle, I just tell them what to do on their own. And like Carrie, Don, uh, sent me a referral to Capital Concepts. He needed uh, 60 points, but all he had to do is pay off two small medical collections. He had his points. I advised him, didn't charge me anything, and he and Kara are both happy. So he's investing now. So we're happy to help you. I love helping people with credit. Just give me a call anytime. Mike, I can definitely tell you enjoy what you do. You're a big help. You've helped me personally. Not that I had bad credit, but there's a lot of things, and we're going right. to get into those on the show that 
again, counterintuitive things that I thought I was doing correct my entire life and was actually doing wrong. In fact, why don't we hit one of those right now? I was the guy that would put all of my monthly expenses on one credit card, and then I paid that off each and every month. Now, I had a, 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 a good credit rating, but it wasn't in those upper 800s like I do now. Explain to the listener what I was doing wrong. You're paying off at the wrong time of the month because uh, most cards don't report once a month. So if, you're, if your bill was due on the 1st and you paid off on the 3rd, it was going to report that prior balance that you had already paid down two days later for the next 30 days. So you want to pay it off five days ahead of the reporting date online, and that way it, it it'll reflect that payment because it didn't. And as soon as that payment is reflected, your score goes up. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what I was doing. I would put all my expenses on that one card, and if the bill was due on the twentieth, I would click on my auto pay, what have you, to send it in on the twentieth, and then just you saying, "No, Mike, pay it a week ahead of time." And so if right. it's due on the twentieth. I pay it the 13th, and lo and behold, I think my score went up 30 points just off that one little tip that you gave me. And what I suggest doing is all your cards be on a monthly debit minimum payment from your from your checking account, not your debit card, from your checking account, and then you always pay in advance additional payments. But that way, if you're out of town, you're sick, you're on vacation, that minimum payment is made because one 30-day late can cost you 80 points. Yeah. I don't care if it's $10 or $500 payment. It doesn't make any difference. You were 30 days late on a revolving line of credit. Yeah, that's that's another item that, that folks seem to think that, well, if it's just a few bucks, it doesn't affect me versus being late on a on a really large bill. But the the amount doesn't matter, right? If you're late with $1, you're late, and they, right. and they ding you. Mike, let's talk about what those credit ratings are, what they mean. I mean, for instance... Where's the line between good and excellent credit or poor? Um, and, and talk a little bit about those and how they affect your ability to borrow. Well, we need to at least have a 680, but to get the best rate now, you need a 740. It used to be 720, but they prefer a 740 now on your mid-score. What they do, they, you, there's three bureaus. You take out the high, you take out the low, and they, they take the middle score. So that's why that sometimes you may almost be there, but not quite. It's because of one item on one bureau. So that's why I'm going to give them a free consultation to tell them what needs to be done to get that score better. Because you need, a, if you're going to invest in real estate, you need a 740 minimum. And it's not from uh, Credit Karma. It's from a FICO pull from a mortgage company because that's the only true pull that they use to see if you qualify for mortgage loans. It's always lower than Credit Karma. Yeah. Sometimes 60 points lower. Right. So did... I guess did the bureaus or the I guess it was the banks, right? They say, okay, if we're going to loan money, typically seven twenty. Did they raise it to seven forty because of interest well, rates and the economy, they, or not, what was the reason? The reason is higher rates, a little more risk because rates are going up. You still got a good rate of seven twenty, but they just prefer to above the minimum. You know, the minimum now for best credit is seven twenty. Seven twenty or above, okay. Um, and then anything below a 680 is going to make it difficult to borrow. Is that what you said? Yes, you better call me. You make it borrow money, they're going to, your rate's going to be very high. So what's the highest number? Like, where is the top? What is that number? <laughs> you're, you're about there right now when you have 830. <laughs> so, 
Okay. So all right, I just just wanted to know, um, out of curiosity, I mean, it's kind of odd. Very people have above 800. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and it takes a lot of history to get to 800. And, yeah. And anything you, above 740, you're, you're, you're golden. Okay. Um, how, and, and you said it takes three to six months. What, what are the steps someone needs to take? For instance, um, I, I want you to talk about somebody pulls their credit and let's say they have a bad debt on there. What, do they need to pay that debt immediately or what should they do? No, talk to us first. Because a lot of items on your report are in error. We're seeing collection companies buy a debt that's 10 years old for pennies on the dollar and put it on as a new report, as a new collection. And that drops your score dramatically. But gotcha. we make them validate the accuracy of that debt in a way that, that you probably can't do. And that's how we, a lot of this stuff just comes off because it's illegal. If it's my debt and it's, it's legally on there, that's fine. But if it's not, let's get it off of there. And that's right. why we want to do a good credit report, give them a free consultation, and be very blunt. Well, we don't want to turn down five, six people a week because we just can't help them. But yeah. we tell them why, we can help maybe in six months. But a lot of people, we can help immediately, and down there, they're ready to go. So if someone pays that bad debt, is that then on their credit rating as a bad debt for a period of time? It's all, it, it can only be on there for seven years. But it's on there from day of last activity. So it would be on there six years, it'd be gone one year. So you say, I need to pay my debt. You pay that collection. It's a brand-new collection according to the activity date, so your score's going to drop 40 to 50 points. And it'll be on there seven years from the date you paid it with zero balance. Oh, Lord. So and that's just, you know, that doesn't make sense. That's the way it is. Yeah. A so collection I, is on there from day of last activity, not the amount. Okay. Is there so a way to pay you almost as bad as a $500 collection or a $5,000 collection? Right. Is there a way to have to, I guess, have them pull that off your credit and then pay them differently? Because, again, that's counterintuitive. Someone says, well, I owe this money, so I'm going to pay it. And then they just ding themselves for seven years. First of all, we're going to have to step up since you really do owe the money and everything is legal. You may, you may have a, lost a car and they didn't give you credit for the, for the sale of the auto, which we had saw, it was the only case a few months ago. So that was illegally on there. So we look at a report. And tell them what we can do, what we cannot do. Yeah. And uh, we're very blunt. And if we if we get a letter to pay a collection in advance, that's okay. But if you don't get a letter, you probably should not pay that collection. Yeah. Just get get an expert like yourself to remove it. Right. Let, let us let's give a free advice for you. It's it's easier said than done. Once you pay it, it's harder to get off it. Than it would have been before you paid it. Gotcha. Do mortgage companies said it was not is it only illegally anyway, so you shouldn't even have paid it. It's, yeah. If you don't pay yeah. it, but pay the options off your report. <laughs> I, I think there's a whole group of people and, and I was probably one of those that says, um, Oh, I don't remember this or it's only forty bucks or fifty bucks and and I'm just giving an example. I think there's a whole group of people out there that rather than fight it would just go ahead and send a check in, right? And and pay it. And based and on what you're saying, yeah, that's the worst thing that they could do. It's the worst thing you could do. Gotcha. I know. You know, that's why my speech credit sense is not common sense. You do the right thing, it's the wrong thing to do according to credit. <laughs> credit sense is not common sense. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, just little things like, um, you know, paying your bill seven days before it's due uh, will pump your credit up. Um, talk to me about limits 
credit limits. Like if someone has a credit card for forty grand, how much should they truly be putting on that credit card at any given moment, Mike? You can put as much as you want to on it, but it needs to be below thirty percent before it reports to the bureau. Anytime your balance goes above thirty percent of the available credit, it drops your score. Interesting. So that's twelve thousand dollars on a forty thousand dollar card. Yeah. So you look at it and you go, yeah. "Oh, my credit limit's forty grand." Uh, or let's make it simple. Let's say someone has a credit card and their credit limit's a thousand dollars, and they use uh-huh. it for groceries and they're spending six or seven hundred dollars every month, and then they're paying it. They're thinking, "Hey, I'm below my credit limit, and I'm paying on time. I'm doing." I'm doing myself a favor, and you're saying that's not true. That's not true. Like we got a lady that uh, last I remember calling today with the report this morning. She has no negatives, but a credit card is about 40% to 45%. And we get those down, and she'll be have her points to qualify for the seven over 720 score, but she's not there yet. And so all you have to do is pay those credit cards down like on the right time of the month, and she'll be ready to go. Yeah, and it's just, just a simple phone call to get a free evaluation and and lifestyle members are great. They're really serious about getting things done and they're ready to go and I, I appreciate them. So I take it you've got people reaching out to you all over the country, huh Mike? All over the country, yeah. Talked to a lady in California last week, New York, New Jersey, uh Florida yesterday uh, Friday, so it's it's good. Excellent. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. Successful Lifestyles Unlimited member retires in 10 months. The hardest part for me was to drop off my son, go to a job that I absolutely hated for five years, but know that that was a sacrifice that I needed to make, and then only be able to get to spend two hours with him after school before he had to go back to bed. So that's why... Once we started and we joined Lifestyles, we said, okay, we have a roadmap. We know what we're going to do. And then a month later, we find out we're pregnant with baby number two. And we're like, okay, we got to kick it up a notch. So that's how we were able to purchase four different properties and um, replace in 10 months, replace my income in 10 months so that whenever I finished maternity leave, I didn't have to go back to work. I think a, I think a couple weeks before she baby came out is when we closed on a fourplex. And that was enough for her not to have to go back to work. Are you ready for your roadmap to real estate retirement? Attend the online free workshop just like Carolina did. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Creating the lifestyle you've always wanted. You're hearing Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome back to the show. I'm Mike Harrison. If you have any questions or comments for me or would like to learn more about real estate investing or Lifestyles Unlimited, please send me an email. My email address is askmike at luinc.com. Askmike at luinc.com. If you'd like to attend our free workshop and learn more about what we do and how we make money five ways on a single family property, six ways on a multifamily property, I invite you to our free workshop. That's at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com, lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Please go there and you can sign up. They've got the workshops at different times. 
And you can see what we do. I, I suggest that if you are married or have a significant other in your life, that the two of you together look at that. This is definitely a life change, what we do. We buy our life back. We create financial freedom. We create passive income. And we have a great time along the way doing it. I've got my friend on the show, Mike Doyle from Ace Credit Counseling. Mike is one of our more popular vendors here at Lifestyles Unlimited. Mike, if you would, before I forget, uh, share your contact info. On my cell phone is 214-240-4538. That's the best way to contact me, six days a week. It's 214-240-4538. Perfect. So, Mike, you were telling me that there have been some recent changes to medical collections, and I want to talk about that because as far as credit dinging goes, I would think between divorce, bankruptcy, Medical has got to be a top three, and uh, I can tell you it's like a foreign language. Anytime that you know someone has a surgery in my household or um, a, a, an extensive doctor visit, they're billing the insurance this, they're billing us that, there's overages. It's hard to track this stuff, exactly what's right and what's wrong. But talk to me about some of the changes to medical collections, because they seem to be the first to go on someone's credit immediately. One change is starting in 23, uh, a med collection under $500 is not reported on the credit report. However, what they're doing is they're combining maybe four collections together where it's over $500. So they can report it. <laughs> so Gosh. It's not. And then another thing we, we look at is that a paid net collection now will no longer be included in credit reports. If you pay it, it should come off. But on the other hand, let us work with you on that because a lot of times it's not coming off like it should be. Yeah. Uh, we got a guy that last week that paid two off, one came off, one did not. It's what we have 120 days. It's supposed to come off within, within 30 days. Yeah. Uh, also, starting in uh, this year, it, they cannot put a medical collection on your credit report for one year after uh, they get the collection. Or, after the bill was first initiated, one year. It's been six months in the in the in the, in the prior to this. That's one year. Gotcha. So, so main thing is a payback collection should be no longer be reported. But make sure you. I still want my clients to get a letter to remove it before they pay it because it, they don't always do what they say they will do. That's for sure. They never do what they say they're going to do. And if you have a letter, we can get we can help you get off without any problem. If you don't, it's hard to get off. Gotcha. So how long we'll does talk, if they have any questions about that question, just call us. We'll talk about it in depth because uh, it, it is a good change. It will help you out too. It's a very good change for the consumer because any type of collection signifies deadbeat, and it will be on there seven years from the date it first came on there. So we need to make sure that date is right and make sure that it's actually yours. And it has not been a lot of times an insurance company. The doctor will bill the insurance company, they'll miscode it, they recode it, and they get paid in 120 days. But at day 90, they send that collect that amount to the collection agency. So actually, that bill was paid 30 days after it was sent out, but they never recall that collection. So you have a collection out there that's actually been paid. Wow. Yeah, they're they're just processing paper. And I can imagine the mistakes that are, that are being made that are going through this process. So if somebody does have some of this on their credit report, they should get a hold of an expert like yourself and review it before taking any action. 
because these medical providers don't understand how it's impacting people's credit, and they can't invest because of stupid medical collections. What's not the stupid, tip- but medical collections. Sorry about that. Yeah. What's the typical? Let, let's talk about this in the the eyes of the lender. Somebody wants to buy a single family property. It gets identified. And say just the difference from good to excellent credit, is that typically in, uh, a percentage, a full percentage point, two points? What, what are you talking about there, Mike, on the borrowing cost? It can be easy, a point. That's a lot of money. Even, even a half a point is a lot of money over a 30-year note. Oh, wow, yeah. If you're borrowing a couple hundred thousand, half a percentage of, of interest. Yeah, people yeah, understand that, that. You know, well, I'm, I'm qualified. Yes, you're qualified, but look what we can do for you if you get – better qualified for a lower rate. And that rate's going to be there for 30 years. That's a long time. Yeah, that's where it translates for me. So we buy a single-family property, and we're going to make four or $500 a month cash flow after we've paid principal, interest, insurance, and taxes. And just having good credit or excellent credit, that could be $100 a month uh, in right, cash yeah. flow maybe more than that over time. So it's important to get your credit right prior to going through this process. Exactly. So, Mike, someone walk me through it. They call you, and then how long does it take for you to begin rebuilding their credit? Well, they they, they call me. I mean, they send them a link to uh, get a a credit report that has a seven-year history on it. We'll give them a con- we talk to them. We'll review it. I have an associate, Michael Stockton. He we'll review it together. Uh, four hours better than two. Uh, we'll get a game plan. We'll give them a cost of the consultation up. The consultation lasts 15 to 20 minutes. Michael does the consultations. But we're both here to help them. And if we can help them, we'll tell them that. If they can do it themselves, we'll tell them that. Or if we can't help them, we'll tell them why. And maybe we can help them in six months. Gotcha. But it's a very quick process. Uh, we just have, need to have a time to get – it's about a 20-minute conversation for the consult. And if they do come on board, it, uh, they're on the program program usually from three to six months. Mike, let's talk about before somebody gets a loan application, right? They want to go buy their first rental property. Um, when should they do a credit review? It, it, do they wait for the bank to do it, or should they do it prior to that? No. They should do one on their own and let us give a free consultation prior to that. Because the good thing about a credit report, it has no memory. Let's just say that you're going to make an application and you had to pull your credit, you go and apply for a loan with a mortgage officer, and you have two collections on there that are five years old. Whoa. So to a loan officer, that means you're a deadbeat. Yeah. Because you didn't pay your bills. So why you know? So let's look at that. Prior to that, get those things removed, and then go over the clean credit report and say, "Man, this guy's stellar. He has no negatives. He got great scores. You know, he gets a good rate." And I want to make him a loan. So let's let's make it a positive and see what's going on. And let me tell you another thing. Let's just say that we have uh, ten thousand dollars pay on our debts. We have a ten thousand dollars car loan. We have five credit cards with ten thousand oh ten thousand dollars on. If you pay that that car loan off, an installment note, that will not impact your score one point. Wow. Okay, that doesn't make it any better. Cards, you'll shoot your score up. The only negative is, if you pay car loan off, it's going to help your debt-to-income ratio. So that's why you got to look at, what do I do? 
But they don't understand. Well, Mike, I paid my car, but my score stayed the same. Yes, it will. But it didn't help you that income ratio. So that's why you have to look at things and see what is planned best for you. Not There's not one size fits all in credit. That's that's true. In, in fact, um, Mike, I want to share uh, when I talked with you about uh, three years ago, my daughter was in college and I was asking about how we can build credit for her. And mm-hmm. you gave me two suggestions. We did them both. One, we got the credit card and never put more than 30 percent of her credit limit. So she started using the card and, and always just low balances. And so had yeah. that for several months. And then the other thing we did was uh, she took out a loan, just a $2,000 loan. She didn't need the money. So she took the 2000 from her bank and just put that in a savings account and then made payments on that on that loan, that installment. Mm-hmm. And she made, I want to say, about 10 payments. And then each and every month, and paying them a week early, right? And then right. she she just paid that off, and when it came time, she graduated from college, and when she went to go get her apartment, they pulled her credit rating, uh, and this was for the security deposit. So essentially, they waived her security deposit on her apartment because she had over an 800 in credit with just those two items. She had an 808, right. which was pretty impressive. She, had, she was walking on two legs, installment and revolving. Yeah. So that was, I mean, yes, it works, and it's just little. People would think, oh, why would you take out a loan that then increases your debt to income? And that's, you know, again, it's back to that borrowing is bad, and saving is good, and totally opposite. I'm just here to tell listeners out there, totally opposite. Give us, give someone some tips. Someone listening right now, uh, what are some things they can do to improve their credit score? Um, you know, even 20, 30 points? What are just some little things they can do every day? Get all your credit card balances below 30% of the available credit. Uh, I know people say, well, you know, as long as it's 30% of all my available credit, but if you have it on all cards across the board below 30%, you'll have a better score. If a young person does not have an installment note on their VNS credit cards, make sure it's like your daughter did, get that installment note and pay at least six months of payments on it. Yeah. They, they they want to see that you're credible and you make your payments on time. A $15 late fee, a late payment, 30 days late, can affect your score as much as a $5,000 payment that you missed. It's not the amount of the payment. It's the fact that you were 30 days late on a payment. Not 10, not 15, but 30 days. And nothing you have to watch out for. There's 31 days in some months. So yeah. if you if you paid it... 31 days, you're late 30 days. It's been 31, 30 days since that last payment, or 30, 31. I had a guy make a mirror that they made the payment on the 31st. It was due the 30th, but there was a month late. So they're actually one month and one day late, so they had a late fee on it. Late wow. Just by being one day late, it, it shows that he's one month late. Right. Does If someone has more credit cards, is that better or fewer? What's the best move there? I I understand the 30% rule, which I I think most people listening don't realize that you need to keep less than 30% on your – or spend less than 30% of whatever that uh, credit limit is on the card. But do more credit cards mean more better credit, or what does that mean? Well, but the credit cards are okay. Just don't have a lot of small balance cards like, you know, department store cards and all that stuff. And do not apply for a credit card because you can get 15% off that at the department store. Do not do that. 
<laughs> we want yes. cards on that to have credit billings, like you know, larger bank credit cards, credit cards that have a history, you know. Uh, so, and, and the amount's not that bad. But just we don't want to see a bunch of small credit cards on it and have two hundred dollars available credit. You know, we want someone with a ten thousand dollars available credit. What we want. But if you have an old card that has a twenty five hundred dollars credit limit, but it's it's twenty years old, don't close that card out. Yeah, because time is a big factor on. Time is a big factor. So you just let's just say you had a car with a twenty-five year history on it, and you close it out, and you bought, and now your time, your history is one one day instead of 20, 25 years. So, and it's a small percentage of your score, but it's a, it's a it, it needs to be. Don't close out good older credit cards because you can get a zero interest on a new card. Right. If you're going to consolidate. Uh, get rid of your newer stuff, get rid of your department store stuff. But right. if you've had a credit card for any number of years, for any period of time, then keep that one, um, like you said, Mike. So, Mike And, is, and one more thing. If they will yeah. increase your available credit at no cost, always say yes. Or you can even call and ask them to increase your credit, right. correct? Correct, yes, huh? But feels so like yes, you can, if you did increase limit on a good card, decrease that limit because you never know when you're gonna have an opportunity come up that you may need that money. Yeah, good point. It so, doesn't cost you anything to have a bit larger limit either. No, no, it doesn't. Doesn't cost you anything, and then that's uh, again basically it's showing any sort of lender that you have the ability to borrow X amount, but you're keeping it down below. Uh, and it all ties in. I've, I've always said the two most important items that you can have, essentially, if you're going to create wealth, one is your credit report. And as Dale Walmsley says, a credit report essentially is a reflection of who you are as a person. So you need to have a good credit report and your personal financial statement. And with that, you can gain leverage. You can go to the banks. You can borrow. You can buy real estate rental assets. You can create cash flow in your life. But it's so important. So, friends, I want you to remember, I think the takeaways from today, if you are considering purchasing rental property, you need to get your credit report checked out beforehand and then make sure everything's clean. And then you can go forward with that loan application. Mike, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. For the rest of you out there, I want you to remember, it's not the money. It's the lifestyle. Make it a great day. Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit LifestylesUnlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at Lifestyles lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.